0: Hey guys, thanks for coming back for another episode. Today I'm speaking with Pam, also known as Meredith, in the Danny and Park series. As I've mentioned on the website, I base my characters on real people and Meredith is one of my favorite characters, but I hadn't found the right model to portray her. That is, until I went to the Richmond Police property and evidence section and saw Pam. We looked each other in the eye and the workspace at the property section disappeared and turned into a meadow full of sunflowers and butterflies there was a light mist as we ran toward each other in slow motion and embraced in jubilation. That, or I asked Pam if she'd be Meredith in books, and she shrugged and then said, sure, but enough about me and my delusions. Enjoy the interview. Hey Pam, thanks for coming to the podcast. I appreciate it. You want to introduce yourself? Absolutely.
1: My name's Pamela Brooks. I am from Richmond, Virginia, and I work for the Richmond Police Department in the Property and Evidence Unit.
0: And how long have you been there, Pam?
1: I have been with the Richmond Police Department for going on three years now.
0: And you're from Richmond?
1: I am. I'm from Richmond, uh, born and raised, graduated from John Marshall High School.
0: Oh, just like me. Very good. I like it. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I do
1: have a background in criminal justice. I do have a bachelor's in criminal justice. I have a master's in forensic psychology. And prior to working for the police department, I did corrections for quite a while.
0: Where did you do corrections at?
1: I started in Haynesville, a correctional unit, and I moved to James River. And from James River, I was promoted, and I ended up going to BCCW, which is the Women's Correctional Center.
0: Did you like doing corrections?
1: I loved it. it. It was amazing.
0: Yeah. Now, do you like working for the Richmond Police Department as well?
1: I love working for the Richmond Police Department. Uh, you learn a lot of things. You see a lot of things. And, I mean, it's it, it's good to, you know, work in in a city I, I've grown up in. Yeah. So you get to you, – you, you pretty much get to uh, experience things over again.
0: Like what? But, what kind of you know, with you a say- different – when I
1: say experience things differently, um, you know, growing up, uh, kinda tough. Um, but pretty much I had a one track mind being a teenager. Everything was everybody else's fault. But, you know, when when I moved into adulthood and started working like for the Richmond Police Department, you get to see that, you know, certain things happen and, you know, most of the time I I gotta blame Myself for some of the things that 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 transpired in my life, and I see it now working with them with the younger generation that's coming up so
0: yeah what um what do you think about uh women in policing? we talked a little bit about it
1: well, I think that women in policing would be it, it's a good it's a it's it's a positive thing i mean there's a lot of research going on as far as women um you know making a positive uh impact in policing and i think there's a uh there's a research going on there i'm not sure i think it's um san diego but there's a uh 30 by 30 initiative where they're trying to have at least 30% of all sworn uh police officers uh women by the year 2030 and right now i think the national average is, um only twelve percent.
0: Wow, I didn't know it was that low. Did you uh what do you think yeah. about the, the Richmond ratio of women police officers to men police officers?
1: It's still with women and men it's still men are higher mm-hmm. and I think I think it is uh it's more so I think it's a combination of uh the physical agility tests, things like that that kind of discourage women from applying. Because it's typically aimed towards strength mm-hmm. and that's that physical strength, which you know men men don't have a problem with that, but some women do, so that's kind of discouraging for women um but once we can get past that, uh we need to look at more so uh you know mental strength which women do possess right and um some of the studies uh that I've actually i've actually read this today where Let me see. They say uh, the research uh, basically shows that women officers are less likely to react negatively to factors like race. And um, they're less likely to be named in lawsuits or citizen complaints. Um, They're uh, more they're more skilled at addressing violence against women and sex crimes. Um, They're less likely to use excessive force. And those are some of the things that, you know, our city needs. So I think it would be a very positive, you know, thing for more women to apply and more women to become sworn.
0: Do you get to talk to many in, in my
1: opinion? Oh yeah.
0: Do you get to talk to many of the women police officers? I know you see a lot of police officers where you are. Yes,
1: I talk to quite a few, and
0: uh, I mean they're
1: awesome. Like most of the women I talk to, the detectives, uh, lieutenants, uh, you know, high-ranking women uh, uh, police officers. They're all. It's, it's a positive experience for me because I get to hear their stories. And, um, you know, I see the impact that they make um, mm-hmm. with the community. So I, I, I always learn something when they come in and speak with me.
0: How do you think we bring more police officers or more women to become police officers? Do you think it's the, uh, well, I mean, obviously women are strong because you yourself, you play football and you got tons of strength. Is it, what do you think the best way to draw more women into the profession is, just in your opinion, would you say?
1: I think with I think is it's uh is how we market the, the, the training, um, so that we're less afraid of failing in, in the physical form, you know, mm-hmm. and more so, you know, trying to you know, get officers, women especially, um, based on skills such as um, you know, uh I would say like uh when they go out to uh domestic, uh, situations, uh, they're more able to, to, uh, you know, talk to women and, and, and make them feel comfortable. So I think it's all about comfort. If we can make these women officers comfortable, Mm -hmm. uh, enough to apply and and apply their, you know, their knowledge and, and, and their specialized skills, uh, we would have more officers actually apply. And not make it so physical, not make it about the the negative things that they hear about, you know, police shootings and police brutality and things like that. Um, All the things that that happened last year with the riots and everything like that. Mm -hmm. You know, we kind of kind of step away from that and let them see what positive reinforcement can actually do for a community. Mm -hmm. And I think more women would apply if, if they, you know, if they knew this. So you know, becoming more transparent, I believe, would be key yeah. to uh, more so, women applying.
0: Do you think that um, women, either women victims or women witnesses, would be more comfortable speaking with women police officers, um, women detectives?
1: Absolutely. I mean, if you look at uh, uh, special crimes uh, like like sex crimes, uh, most of the time they are underreported because uh, the victims feel like you know male uh about a situation that happened with a male Mm -hmm. it's harder for them to you know trust these males they just went through a traumatic experience but being the nurturers that women are you know speaking with another female would make them feel more comfortable so i think it's yeah
0: definitely maybe the same could be said with uh, children who are victims of crimes as well
1: well absolutely yeah. And with children, I mean, you have to have a little bit more of a, a, a training in a specialized field because they're so vulnerable mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, you would have to be able to, to speak, them at, speak to them in a way that they understand. Mm-hmm. And that could be male or female. It's just the training required to speak with children.
0: Right.
1: But I do believe that they probably would be more comfortable speaking with, with females. Mm-hmm.
0: I can see that. it's just a
1: common presence you know like it, it's just a calming uh to me i thought to myself you know suppose i was a victim of uh, you know a, a rape or some type of uh assault from from a man mm-hmm. um i wouldn't want a man standing in front of me and i'm explaining everything to him and he's telling me he understand because he really didn't go through it right um but a female may be able to understand because maybe she didn't you know go through it but maybe you know a, a family member of hers went through it so they can relate so i, I would feel more comfortable speaking with the woman
0: i agree i think it's a very valid point changing gears now you work in the police property section right i do <laughs> what is the weird what is the weirdest thing that that an officer has brought to you for property
1: Whew, uh... You know what? I think there's so many weird things I see. (laughs) Can you give me the top five? Can you give me the top five? A headstone.
0: Okay, a headstone. A headstone. Uh, A a child's headstone. Oh, that sounds horrible. Yes. That's that's uh, even worse than an adult headstone.
1: Yeah. You can just change the entire entire
0: direction of a child's headstone.
1: That was weird to yeah. me. I was like, okay. All, right, now all right, so
0: why did? Well, we gotta we gotta ask. Why did a child's headstone come into the property? Do we want to know. Should we just move <laughs> yeah, on to the next you know one on the list? I didn't. I didn't want to know.
1: I, okay, I don't blame you. Know, I don't know.
0: I don't I know if wanna I want to know. know either. All right, let's go. Let's let's go to maybe the second weirdest thing besides more less depressing than a child's headstone. Maybe. Uh, I think a jawbone. Oh, a jawbone. <laughs> yeah, a jawbone. I, I think. I'm noting a theme here, Pam. We got a child's <laughs> headstone, a jawbone, maybe uh, yeah all right, but let's try the third thing. Maybe it's less, less morbid and less scary. Okay, maybe. let's
1: see. All right, maybe something, um, you know what,
0: I I have seen, so I, I can't even. Just give me, give me one, we're going to end it. We're going to end nice it on what? this, we're going to end it on on this one <laughs> thing. One thing. Okay, let me think. Um, I know it's not fair because you weren't prepared for this. So Yes.
1: No, I mean, it's just been so many things that I've been like, what in the world? Um, anything from, you know, uh, wheelchairs to scooters, I like burnt-up scooters, like melted scooters. And I'm trying to figure out, man, it wasn't that hot outside. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well a melted scooter is definitely better yes. than a jawbone and or right. a child's scooter. <laughs> well on that note i think we're going to end it <laughs> And but, but i really appreciate you talking to me and we're going to talk again all right thank you all right i'll talk to you soon yes sir all right bye-bye all right bye-bye. that's it for today's podcast guys I hope you enjoyed it, despite the child's headstone and random body part there at the end. Make sure you look out for one another and put the hate in the rearview mirror. Thanks for listening.